2: Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. Please visit my website at www.concussiontalk.com and please consider supporting Concussion Talk on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash concussiontalk. This podcast is sponsored by Premier Athletic Therapy and Sports Medicine you can visit them online at PremierAthleticTherapy.com if you're in St. John's you can book an appointment for athletic therapy, kinesiology, or massage online. I'm on with Matt Debicki now and Matt is going to tell us about his well his titles and introduce the Able sale program and and a non-profit and so, Matt, all your your titles and your and what the, what Able Sail is basically Able Sail Newfoundland is Newfoundland okay. So, so
0: you, you've you've left me a loaded question already there, Nick. Yes, uh, I
2: know. Because
0: my uh, all my titles, I wear about seven different hats that have to do with boating in Newfoundland, but we'll just talk about the two that most pertain to this. Uh, most importantly, I'm the president and founder of Able Sail NL which is a nonprofit that aims to help break down barriers uh, that are perceived or exist for people with disabilities to go sailing. And at the same time to do any kind of ancillary functions that will help to uh, make us reach that goal. And the other hat I wear in this domain is that I'm the manager of the Royal Newfoundland Yacht Club Sailing School.
2: Oh, Well, cool. there you go. So, you you have to know what you're talking about. So, um, start off then. How how old is this is the program? Well, in Newfoundland and Labrador, just start off. How how new is there? How old? is it
0: So, a, the the Royal Newfoundland Yacht Club. I wish I could tell you. I've only. Oh, I saw the website. That's 1964.
2: But i It's 1960, which. 1964. I saw that
0: on the website. That sounds about right.
2: And so, but AbleSale, AbleSale NL is how old?
0: As of March, 2019.
2: Okay, so very new. And mm. and you had an idea for this program in Newfoundland Lover, how?
0: Um, well, so I've got a background in working with people with disabilities. I mean, I paid for my university by being a live-in care worker for uh, clients with cerebral palsy. Um, even before then, I had a neighbor who used a wheelchair and at 14 wanted to play wheelchair basketball. So his dad hired me to drive into wheelchair basketball. Uh, as soon as I found out how great a sport it was, I joined in. So I played wheelchair basketball in Manitoba for a couple of years. And then uh, later in life, I kind of gravitated back to it by um, seeing an accessible sailboat that was sitting in port in the UK when I was working as a professional sailor. Went and visited it and ended up getting hired uh, aboard. Did about six months on the boat, um, traveling around a little bit with the boat and getting it ready for an around Britain challenge that the owner, who's a quadriplegic, had set himself. And then um, at one point I went and took a break while the boat was sitting on dry dock and getting a bunch of refit work. Came back to it later, got hired as the captain of the boat once it was created as a charity. Uh, So all in all, I worked about three and a half years for that boat uh, and might even still be working there today if the wings that it had instead of sails hadn't fallen off entering the Thames Estuary.
2: Okay. Can I ask
0: you about that? Yeah, sure. So the the neat thing about this boat was that it was a trimaran, which means it has three hulls connected by one main deck, which meant for a sailboat it would keep almost flat in, in no matter the seas. And it had these big fixed wings, which you're starting to see on America's Cup boats now. And these wings were instead of sails, which meant that whoever was controlling the boat needed to use a joystick to control it. So instantly, this was a seamless integration between whether or not you had uh, an able body or if you had difficulty with movement. Or even if you were to use a sip and puff control system, you could control the boat in Almost the same manner as anybody else.
2: So it's, it's computerized, or very mechanical.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, the idea was eventually to have a computer that could control everything, but the truth was the control system was very much um, manually done by running switches or joysticks to move the wings and stuff. They would they had never become automated.
2: Well, geez, I learned all this. This is uh, fasting stuff. But, um, we'll actually get to you because I mean, I don't know if many people listening know exactly where Newfoundland is. Newfoundland, Newfoundland Labrador is the province, but Newfoundland is the island itself. And St. John's is on, that, is on the east coast of the island, just for give you an idea where I am. But, um, so how did Newfoundland people, people from Newfoundland may be surprised here that. You are not from a a seafaring city or town, or I mean, you're you're not exactly from the coast, let's say. So, how did you? Where are you from, and how did you get involved in sailing? So I'm
0: from Winnipeg, which is in the middle of the Canadian prairies, and I feel like that might have been the start of a love for the sea. Was that Mm -hmm. those long, sloped, rolling, gently plains look a lot like the ocean, really? Yeah. Um, but in fact, I grew up sailing. My first sailing regatta was at four months old on Lake of the Woods, which is a big lake with 10,000 islands and 65,000 miles of shoreline uh, right. just out of Winnipeg. So I grew up sailing there my whole life and then bumped into boats going across the Atlantic and jumped on them. And then uh, from there, just moved my way up the sailing world.
2: And what, is, what does that mean, moving up the sailing world? You. You were a professional captain or sailor, you said. Yeah,
0: mentioned? I was a I was a captain of private sailing yachts. Uh, so, I'd like to say I worked for the richer than famous. So the people that I worked for, you would never hear about, but they definitely were worth a lot more money than than any of the A list celebrities we see, other than maybe Oprah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you're, and you're in the Mediterranean, right?
0: Uh, so we would often do meds at mediterranean in the summer uh, and then Caribbean in the winter was a lot of my gigs um, I've also gone way up high up to Norway all the way through the Greek islands through the Panama Canal and the entire Pacific um, so yeah
2: well, So you have extensive sailing experience obviously um, so that brings us back to this able sail program here in Newfoundland Labrador and in Top where exactly where exactly it is, it's so at the Event
0: I So Able Sail N L, the idea is to promote accessible sailing anywhere in Newfoundland and Labrador. And at present the low hanging fruit was the Royal Newfoundland Yacht Club. We're really keen to host a uh, an accessible sailing program and are one the only sailing school in the province. They also happened to have a sailing school building that had accessible bathrooms and a somewhat accessible club and facility. So it was a very easy, low-hanging fruit in the matter that we needed to build a couple of ramps, install some lift systems, and we were already up and running out of the Royal Newfoundland Yacht Club. The hope would be to move to you know, Holy Road, Lewisport, etc., and, and spread the Able Sale NL kind of uh, banner throughout. The way Able Sale works is Able Sale doesn't operate any sailing programs. Someone who wants to operate a program would hopefully approach us and say, Hey, we want to do accessible sailing here. And we would then say, How can we help? We would use our nonprofit status, which by fall we hope to be, become a national charity, to be able to help with them applying for grants and fundraising activities. And then use the knowledge base that we, as a, as a nonprofit, have developed, and including you know a lot of the knowledge that I've gained in the back in the past. And then we would help that club provide accessible sailing. So, for example, last weekend, Able Sail NL used some of the funds that it's applied for through grants to sit to fly in instructors from Halifax that train a Sail Canada developed module on. Parasailing,
2: so sailing for people with disabilities. Wow, jeez. Wow, than, I, bigger than I thought. So, that's very impressive. So, um, yeah, so, so you've been, so you said you've been in, you've created in March of, of this year, so just, what's that, just two, three months ago, or not even three months ago. But how long have you actually been sailing with? People able to help. How long have participants been involved? The past like month or two months or
0: so. The first sale that we did for people with this uh, that was accessible to people with disabilities was I'm gonna say two weeks ago, okay. and um, and yeah, and now we're going like gangbusters since then. Today, in fact, we were interviewed by Green TV, and they did a little. Um, Following us around for a few hours today while a few of our sailors were sailing on our bigger sailboat, which is a 26-foot keelboat, cool. and on a couple of access sailing dinghies, which are small boats that are very good for adaptive sailing as they have a, a seat that can accommodate a lot, wide range of physical needs. Uh, they have a joystick that's very simple to use and doesn't require a lot of strength, and they only have one rope to pull in and out to adjust the sail. So this means for a very wide range of people, they can just get right in and learn how to sail nice and quickly. And most importantly, these access sailing dinghies are designed so that they're extremely unlikely to capsize, which then allows us to capture people with not only physical disabilities, but say, for example, someone with cognitive disorders who might have a delayed reaction time or might even, for example, even just have a fear of the water. They're now in a boat that, if they just let go of all the controls, the boat will just sit there and and bob like a duck until uh, someone comes and assists them.
2: That's perfect. So, we, for these uh, these sessions, you've been out in Conception Bay. Is that where you do sailing?
0: Yeah. So, with the little access dinghy so far we've been doing right in the the bay, right in front of the yacht club, which may be called Manuel's Bay. My geography's still a little uh. Weak. It's one of my weaker points, despite having sailed the world.
2: Well, between um, here, between the Archipelago and say Bell Island, that's all. Uh, well, oh, no,
0: this is even the smaller bay. Oh, you right, mean the, the lagoon the, there? That's right. where we've been with the access dinghies so far. We uh, definitely could go out to the outer harbor with the access thingies, but okay. that would be as people's skill levels progress. Right. And then with the larger boat, the keel boat, we have sailed outside the harbor and gone and checked out some icebergs and all that fun stuff as well.
2: Yeah, of course. So how so how far does all of going a bit off full off able sails? But and when you were to say doing the able sail program in England, how far? Where would you go over that? I mean I don't know English sailing geography too well, i read, I know the ocean is there. But for you on the ocean,
0: yeah. There? So with with the with the vessel Adventure, which was the sixty foot trimaran, we sailed around Britain with it. I did about half of the journey. Yeah. So kind of in 100-mile legs. And then with each couple of legs, a new uh, person with a disability would, would jump aboard, usually a paraplegic, oh. and be one of the crew. And then the, the the boat was captained actually by Trevor Jones, the owner of the boat, who is a quadriplegic. And then um, also while working with the Inventure Trust, which was the trust that managed that boat once it was uh converted over to being a charity, we did a lot of projects with other people with disabilities. So we we would do little boat trips with, with people with mental disabilities. We um, got involved in a, a project with Hillary Lister, who's a very famous sailor um, in the entire sailing community, but especially in the accessible sailing community, as she's the first quadriplegic to have sailed solo across the English Channel in a sip-and-puff-controlled boat. And that boat yeah. was built with some help from Pindar, a big racing team, and then my rugby team who were all voluntold to come help me build it. And the parts came from me taking her old wheelchair apart and using the control systems from her sip-and-puff wheelchair to operate the sails and the steering from the boat, along with, of course, some help from a few mad scientists, etc., to help me make the sip-and-puff system talk to the wheelchair parts once they were no longer a wheelchair.
2: And you're not that mad scientist? Pardon me? No, I'm... You're the, not, the not me. You're, 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 you're mad, but... I,
0: I call myself more MacGyver than a mad <laughs> oh, scientist. I see. Um, yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Uh, so, I, well, so, this kind of brings me to my. Uh, I, have, I, I wrote a little post in April sale. Facebook page, able to new and now Facebook page. And so what can I asking if anyone's an interested in sailing, so that's how I contacted you or able sail? So how how would people contact you other than just your Facebook page or would they, if people are interested in Newfoundland Labor to go So we're
0: we're still developing our program model, we're that new. Um, the easiest thing to do is to simply sign up for the sailing school, either the adult or the the youth programs. And then you would uh, notify the sailing school that you have a few barriers that you think might cause an issue with learning how to sail. And then we would work with the person to f- see whether or not we have a suitable level of adaptations to make sailing accessible to the person so for example this year we don't have any sip and puff control systems that's something we hope to have in the future right uh so there's a limitation for being able to actually uh, maneuver the vessel etc that said we have a hoist system and a willingness to do some seat adaptations and stuff so we would work with someone and maybe bring them aboard and they can start to learn you know i I like to call it through osmosis just by being aboard and watching Which in truth, that's how a lot of people on bigger boats learn how to sail. They first start by just sitting on the boat and watching and then eventually asked to do more and more tasks. Um, So there's that way. And then there are two weekends of able sailing, kind of, I call it bums in boats weekends. So we're going to do two weekends in the summer where everyone asunder is invited to come to the yacht club and then try and get on a boat. So it could be our big keelboats, it could be our little... Accessible dinghies. It might be something more adventurous, like a big fast 29er racing dinghy, or it might be something very relaxing, like simply sitting ashore and watching boats go by, or even getting um, a joyride aboard someone's big powerboat, depending on how people feel. And we'll be having kind of a barbecue sort of thing, asking for donations and showing people the wider range of. Uh, activities that can be done and then hopefully we would then capture them as a broader audience who say some of them want to continue sailing and pursue that further and then would kind of get more involved with our program
2: so these are obviously as you mentioned for people with all sorts of disabilities or challenges and uh and obviously i mean i know from from when i was more able-bodied, I, I was. Uh, I really enjoyed being on the water and sa- and, and, and sailing. And then in last year, I was in the water with with Matt. So Matt is a friend I met from through Waterpolo actually. And uh, so I I was up on a boat with Matt Matt last year, and that was I just, I, I really loved sailing. So I encourage anybody, anyone from Labrador who is interested, or anybody around the world who can find the program like that, that, like, like, a yeah, able to sail, that allows you to get in the water, get outside, and enjoy the water, just do so, and, just because you have a, a disability, or you're finding challenges, a challenge, to getting in the water, or getting in a boat, something like that, so, to, 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 re, to look for, just as you can enjoy life, and enjoy, these recreation activities, or sports, that you may not, you may have to follow, a thought that, I've just cut off to you, so I encourage everybody really to, to to look for this charity and to sign up and participate as as if they if obviously if they want to. But uh Matt, would you anything you like to add to say about able sail and L Able or just Able Sailing in general?
0: Yeah, well, uh, I can speak certainly to across Canada, people who are interested in, in in sailing and checking out any kind of form of accessible sailing. There's a great network called the Able Sail Network, which is in part where we've got our name because we're working our way through the levels needed to be able to join that network. And their network of sailing schools across Canada are sailing groups that provide accessible sailing. Um, and they're just wonderful. So as resources for, for able sail NL to just contact almost any one of the member groups has a, a bunch of people with a really great knowledge base and willing to help people set things up, but also they're there in all the different provinces to provide accessible sailing to people. And then a big one to look for is every year there's a cup called the mobility cup, uh, of which we have a goal of hosting by 2025. Um, which is a very tight goal for us but we think Mm. with enough work and support um, from the larger sailing community and people that are interested in in, in playing with us we think it's something we could host here which is this wonderful massive regatta with these specialized boats called Martin 16s which are actually built here in Canada now and they're a boat that is exceptionally adaptable super fun to sail for anybody at all and readily takes things like a sip and puff control module that's designed specifically for it. And also has a very proven, uh, safe track record with a big, heavy bulb of a keel at the bottom. So it can not flip over and a uh, very high quality of build.
2: I should have asked you explain this before the, uh, much earlier, but I, 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 know, I know what you mean, but sip and puff controller is, you explain what that is?
0: Yeah. So as people, um, you kind of work up the spectrum of more, um, difficult disabilities to get around for being active at the last level, you get to a point where, generally you're still able to breathe on your own so if you're able to breathe on your own that means you're breathing in and out so a sip and puff control system is a system of having some straws right at your mouth so you can sip on one straw or suck on it and that's two command inputs and with a second straw you would then have four command inputs etc so a lot of these sailboats are designed with one straw sip in sip out means turn to port and to starboard we're left and right for you land lovers and then the other straw, sip in, sip out, would be to pull in the sails or let out the sails. So even if you've not got any neck mobility, but you still have some breath control, you can control all the controls on a boat.
2: Yeah, wow. Well, thank you. Thanks. And uh, I'm going to end on a, a question I didn't even mention to you that I was going to ask you. But uh, I wouldn't doubt you have some stories, but through all your years, your years sailing, any able sailing or or you mean the year you're sailing in the Mediterranean or sailing in, your, in the lakes around Winnipeg. Um, have you, because uh, if anyone's been near a boat, they've seen the booms and across and that can wreak a lot of havoc and obviously this is the first thing I think of when I think of uh, sailing or concussion. So uh, have you ever do you, do you know anybody, have you ever had any experience with the, that boom or any, any reason by someone to have a concussion on a boat or to a brain on a boat? Yeah,
0: I don't think there's anybody in sailing that's done uh, a significant amount of hours at sea that hasn't seen a concussion occur, either from the, the boom, which is part of the control system for the mainsail on the boat, flying across and cracking someone's head to even when a boat runs aground and people flying forward and hitting their head against a, a bulkhead of the boat or even the floor. So absolutely. I've, uh, unfortunately been witness to many, a, a concussion in my life. Yeah. Um, most of which weren't from unsafe practice. It's just, I've got hundreds of thousands of miles at sea. So I've yeah. seen a lot. Um, but definitely we've, we've dealt with a lot of people with concussions. Um, from members of my family to myself to people far aflung. Um, fortunately, I've never been witnessed to anything that has been life-threatening, but I've definitely seen some injuries that, if they were recurred often, I would imagine could cause a lot of um, potential for CTE, for example.
2: And when did, again, this is question, but, when did you have your concussion? When did you, did you think <laughs> uh, you're...
0: Yeah, which one is more a question? Oh, Most okay, of oh. my concussions Jeez. from sailing would have been when I was much younger and as a kid learning to sail and out, and they would have been, uh, I believe, classed as minor concussions. So from a small boom on a very small boat where, you know, uh, the concussion me in my mind would be that I got hit hard enough that I had a bit of aura for you know a number of minutes I had a headache afterward um, but no memory loss and no no blackout period or dizziness or vomiting um, so yeah I believe that's a minor concussion but i I would leave that up to people like yourself who are more experienced in in knowing the what levels are
2: what I uh, just not all the levels of guys right you' damny I took a course this year from the University of Calgary, and the University of Alberta did a great free concussion course. So, although it's, you, you can't do access now, but it was a, an excellent course and gave all sorts of tips about or tips or advice and, and stuff, things to study, resources about recovery periods, and how long to take, and when you can when it's safe to return to sport, to return to learning. Return to work, so I encourage anybody to search that that stuff for them, that for themselves. And also, I was going to mention that, uh, i searching information for this podcast. I found that Sail Canada, so for I'm not sure about it in other countries, but I know in Canada, Sail Canada has its own concussion protocol, as does Ontario's Ontario Sailing Association. The Ontario Sailing Association. And uh I'm not sure who else, but I know that South Canada has an overarching protocol. So hopefully that's something that people will will see. So when things happen like as just Matt just described. When all those inevitable concussions and head hits occur that you'll know what to do and when for you personally it's safe to return to activity and safe to or just present to really just rest and and just take some time off so I think it, it's important to read, heed the advice such as that but um I'd like to thank Matt unless did you have anything else to add about concussions and selling or
0: no I'd like to thank you very much for this opportunity to have a little uh chat with you here and and uh learn a little bit more and i look forward to actually now um downloading a whole bunch of these concussion talk podcasts and throwing them in my player and i'll listen to them while i'm doing winch maintenance
2: well thanks i look forward to getting out getting all the water myself this summer so thank you so much matt and uh it's a great day on the podcast and i think this program sounds very very encouraging
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. You have a great day.
2: Thanks. Music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for
1: fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.